Hello, Selwyn family, and welcome to Faith Lab, uh, where we dive into authentic discussions surrounding topics of, well, you guessed it, faith, scripture, church, community, and daily living, and much more. Uh, this is Ashley Anderson. I am Selwyn's seminary intern, and today we are going to begin a conversation on the Gospel of Mark. And as a church community, um, the Gospel of Mark will actually be our sermon series through Easter, and it is aptly titled Walking with Jesus. And before we dive into today, I would, um, Lori, if you don't mind just providing a little insight as to why we chose um, this gospel, this book for this particular season. Thanks, Ashley. This is Lori Rabel. I'm the pastor at Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church. We're glad you have found your way to us. As we began to think about what life in our church community would look like and feel like early in 2021, we knew that our best hope would be to consider how Jesus moves and acts in the world. In the Gospel of Mark, it's, it's the first gospel that was written. It's the shortest gospel that we have. The tone and the context of Mark matter uh, as much as our own context and our own tone matters. And so when we approach the Gospel of Mark, we find Jesus as a man who confronts mm -hmm. um, the struggles of humanity in particular places. We may visit other gospels if we, our intent is to explore how Jesus encounters people or situations in deep ways. Yeah. But Mark, the, the writer of Mark invites us to consider how the gospel confronts uh, and interrupts our lives and the messiness of, of humanity in very stark ways and in particular places. Mm -hmm. And with all of us separated by the dynamic of COVID-19, it makes sense for us to take a hard look of how God is showing up in our particular places. So I hope as we meet each week in this podcast and in worship, we'll, we'll begin to look for Jesus in new ways and to make sense of our encounters with Jesus um, and the way God confronts us um, through the lens of the gospel of Mark. Thank you. No, that's awesome. Um, yeah, we hope this, this series will enrich um, all of our understandings of this book and, and those moments when God shows up in our life. So what we will be doing is each week, we are gonna take a look at a piece of scripture that coincides with the upcoming sermon for Sunday and talk about it. Um, so for today, we are going to be talking about Mark chapter one, verses four through 11, um, which is the baptism of Jesus. Um, would anyone care to read that scripture for us? I can read it for us. This is Margo. I'm our director for youth and young adults here at Selwyn. So let's dive into the scripture and see what God has to say for us today. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were, and, and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. 
Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Margo. Um, so yeah, there's a lot in this text and I just am curious what strikes you um, in these verses? What sticks out to you? I think for me, it's this, it's the second part once we get to verse nine and Jesus is actually baptized. And this is this moment where Jesus learns of his sonship with God and we hear this beloved language that's so beautiful um, and so Jesus' identity is shown here. And I think when we talk about baptism and what that means for us, then that makes us think about our own identity as we're learning about Jesus' identity. Hi, this is Nancy, the Christian educator for children. You know, I was struck reading this again at the beginning and how it talks about all of the people coming out to see John and to listen to his proclaiming about the forgiveness of sin and about worship and about things that we imagine our worship to be similar to that. And just knowing how difficult it's been not being able to come out and be together and be together in uh, the sanctuary and to try to get to where we can hear um you know, our message on Sunday morning and to know um, how difficult it's been for, you know, our families and school and children and all of that, just to be reminded of the way we want worship to be. We want it to be all together. Yeah, that definitely sits with a lot of us right now in this season. Um, so, but I think another thing that appears to me in this text is the way that it moves and reads. Um, it's very geographical. So like you said, Nancy, all the people were coming out and John comes from the wilderness to the Jordan river. Jesus comes from Galilee to the Jordan. Um, and then Jesus, you know, later in the, in the story is driven out into the wilderness, which we'll get to next week. Um, but just the way that this text reads and moves it, it makes the geography important and just wonder how this um, resonates with y'all and what, you know, what are those wildernesses that we are, we're kind of experiencing in this season? I think the geography is really important in so much that to be, to be in the wilderness scripturally is to be in chaos and to be isolated and to lack 
direction in, in a way that requires us to depend fully on God's presence and guidance and direction for our sheer survival. In many ways, um, in this week, we've, we've witnessed a lot of chaos and misdirection on, our, uh, on the news uh, with the happenings in, in the nation's capital. And we also are depending on God in ways that are new for us through, through the lens of the pandemic. Uh, and so at wilderness is the place where many of us are dwelling. Uh, and it strikes me that that was the place God chose to show up. And in the gospel of Mark, uh, unlike the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, only in the Gospel of Mark, the, the verb um, schizo uh, is to tear apart, to rip apart. So in the other Gospels, when God, when God uh, engages and uh, speaks, uses God's voice to speak to Jesus in such a tender way, uh, the verb is to the heavens open up, um, anoigo. Um, but Mark, the heavens are ripped apart. They're torn uh, in a way that is violent. And so what does it mean that we find Jesus in, in this place of emptiness and chaos? Um, and and that, that is when the heavens are ripped open so that God will, um, will make real this promise. Uh, that God will be with us um, and lead us towards salvation, which in the gospel of Mark, in, it's an apocalyptic message of salvation. So that's what this one moment is about in that, in that particular place, not in the temple, not in Galilee, not, not in Bethlehem. No, no, in the wilderness. Yeah, no, Lori, I'm so glad you mentioned that. It actually reminds me um, of the verse in Isaiah and I'm going to forget the chapter. I want to say it's maybe 49, but um, when he says, oh God, that you would rend the heavens and that same imagery of God just coming in, tearing open um, in those moments. And, you know, in such a season as this, I think it's, um, it's promising. Um, I think there's comfort in knowing that even in the difficulties of life that God is ever present. Um, and so I just wonder maybe if there's like a time in your life where you really experienced that. I mean, I, I feel like on some level where we all maybe feel that right now, or maybe we feel more distant from God in this season, um, you know, different for everybody. But I just wonder if there's maybe a time um, where that rang, rang true to you. I mean, I think God is in a way like tearing open the doors of churches these mm -hmm. days. While that's not actually happening, unfortunately, our doors are having to stay closed. Um, the ecumenical church, like the greater church is capital C, is working together in ways right now that I would argue were not, were not happening before. Um, churches are having to come together and talk about these are the ways our communities need God right now. And we all need each other because not a single one of us has the bandwidth to, to make it happen or to continue with the day-to-day -day things that we all need, such as worship and prayer and pastoral support and community. 
Um, and so we're seeing these churches whose, whose doors, you know, metaphorically have been closed, ripped open, having to think about ways to be creative, how to meet the people where they are, mm-hmm. um, how to breathe new life into texts that sometimes feel stale. Um, and I think that that is, I mean, that feels torn apart and sometimes it feels jagged and painful, right? Like this isn't the way church is normally done. This is uncomfortable. This is different. And then also the beauty of it, the people who are coming to church because of the virtual world, the people who are discerning and having conversations and praying together because people are in, in the wilderness, in the deep, in the darkness, in the twigs and the branches together. Um, and I think that has just been something that's been, it's been rough, it's rough edges, but it's uh, the, like the, that way, the church's doors being ripped open or torn open um, and God's spirit moving amongst the people has been absolutely beautiful for me. I love that, Margot. Thank you for sharing that. And it's true. Like it is, it does feel very jagged and not put together um, and in the wilderness and not clean and shiny. But I think there's, like you said, there's something really beautiful um, out of that. And that's coming out of that. Nancy or Lori. You asked about personal experiences of wilderness. You know, in this particular story, though, is a call to repentance. Mm -hmm. You know, they're in the wilderness for a particular purpose. uh, Mm -hmm. And that is to come to terms with their own humanity and the nature of what sin is. And so the, the act of turning back to God uh, is happening uh, in, in my life and in the life of our congregation in ways as a result of the apparent need that very often uh, we are blind to because life is pretty easy for, for most of us on the surface in terms of do we have food to eat? Do, we, do our kids go to school? Um, or do we make our ends meet? You know, that sort of thing. Well, you know, we have, we have seen what need, we have felt what need feels like, you know, normally a crisis or a trauma, a diagnosis, the loss of a child, uh, a divorce or an affair, um, various ways, um, uh, you know, there are various ways where we end up on our knees um, that lead us to repentance or just deep need like Job. Yeah, um, but these people are choosing to walk out into the wilderness and, and repent so that they might be mm. renewed and have an encounter with with who this God is. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's what you meant. No, but that's what I'm thinking that's, about no, that's a beautiful um, take and very insightful. And I think, like you said one of the things I feel like I'm seeing from conversations with uh, whether it's members, um, people in my own life, um, you know, folks, I'm just meeting the needs are very different, um, in the way that they're experiencing them and what they're looking to the church for what they're looking to God for. Um, sometimes not being able to find the perp, like the words of what, what they need, um, to, to fulfill that. Um, and yeah, I think it's just been, uh, a journey 
such a journey for, for a lot of folks. Nancy, were you gonna say something? Yeah, I was just um, echoing what, what's been said and, you know, um, and even going back a little bit to John preparing the people and just how we, um, we all try to prepare and how in our lives, we just get caught up in our daily lives, um, you know, and we're not, um, we're not waking up and how, you know, the new year, uh, the season of the new year and then going into Lent is a good time. Um, and it's good to be doing this in our sermon series because it's going to help us focus on, you know, <clears throat> being back in, um, like what Lori was saying, to repent and move forward is to um, consciously make that effort to um, be with the Lord in prayer and study. And I've seen um, on some of our Selwyn emails folks that are um, talking to each other and spending time in the Zooms, um, checking in on each other. And that's, that's an important thing for us to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And to the best of our ability too. I mean, even though I, I feel like I'm in the younger age demographic, I mean, this whole technology thing has been <laughs> such a struggle. Um, and it just, you know, trying to find ways to make it feel authentic and open. Um, I feel like at this point I'm, we're getting kind of used to it, but, um, yeah, that's definitely still, you know, a wilderness wandering. Um, but something for me that always strikes me about, um, the baptism of, of Jesus is when, God tells him, um, you are my, my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. Um, I feel like that piece of the text for me, whenever the chaos is ensuing around, that's a text that I feel like always kind of keeps me grounded in in who I am and who I'm, I'm created to be. And, um, a friend gave me, um, Henry Nguyen's book, The Life of the Beloved, years ago, and just every now and then turn back to that and um, just wanted to read a little excerpt and see um, what you all thought about this, but it reads, what is required is to become the beloved in the common places of my daily existence and bit by bit to close the gap that exists between what I know of myself to be in the countless specific realities of everyday life. Becoming the beloved is pulling the truth revealed to me from above down into the ordinaries of what I am. In fact, thinking of, talking about, and doing from hour to hour. That's a beautiful text. And it makes sense for us to have access to what it means to be loved by God in that way. And I think we should hold that intention with the fact that it didn't end well for Jesus. That in the gospel of Mark, the, the, God 
God called Jesus beloved and ended up being mm. the, the one that G, that died on the cross, mm. right? That God allowed that to happen too. Mm. That Jesus is the one in order to be beloved, you better be ready to hug a leper and eat with tax collectors and speak prophetically to power and um, sacrifice sacrifice it all for God. And so the only way we can have the courage to do that is to know that that, to even have a shot at any of that is to understand that what God meant, what I, you know, when God said, no, Jesus, you are my beloved son, um, is that God would know how the story would end. Yeah. And uh, maybe we have the courage to be disciples, which yeah. Margo, you had mentioned earlier before we recorded that this is about discipleship. If, if we can remember that we too are our beloved. Yeah. So there's a tension there that we find in the gospel of Mark that's easy to forget. Mm-hmm. No, um, thank you. Thank you for reminding. Yeah. There, it's to be held in tension, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Needs here, Marco. Yeah, I mean, I think when we talking about discipleship and remembering this piece of the text where confession and sin is acknowledged, I mean, I think uh, as people in the wilderness, um, like especially with this baptism piece, I'm thinking about Lori and how she's been baptizing in the wilderness in this wilderness season. (laughs) If any of you all were able to come to some of the outdoor worship services or been able to tune into the few baptisms we've had since we've returned to the sanctuary. um, I mean, the, the, like while we're not together in the sanctuary and while that hurts pretty bad during a baptism, right? we're still present in that and in the commitments that come with baptism and in the ways that we worship and the ways that we acknowledge weekly our sins and are forgiven and are remembered and called that we're beloved. I mean, you know, the, to really watch a baptism for what it is and to watch the way that um, Christ died for you, Christ yeah. was born for you. <laughs> like it's, it's this really beautiful thing. Um, even in the wilderness here in text, people were being baptized in the wilderness of our lives here. Even though it's difficult with masks on and parents holding their own children, we're finding ways to baptize and we're finding ways to, to confess and to repent and to call ourselves back into discipleship. That's this yeah. ongoing difficult thing in, in our lifelong journeys of faith, right? Is, yeah. is how am I, how do I live out my discipleship in this moment, in this season of life? Um, and I think that as, as Christ's identity as God's beloved son in this text and as our identity as God's beloved children, um, we, we remember how we call ourselves to discipleship mm-hmm. with the new year themes that, that Nancy was talking about. I mean, this, these texts, this text of remembering this baptism, the ways that we watch baptism, it's calling ourselves to, to renew, um, yeah. to confess and to, to grow and develop in our own individual paths to discipleship. Beautifully said. Thank you, Marco. And I do agree the baptisms have been such a joy <laughs> to be a Absolutely. part of. Um, so great that we have, you know, these little people and their families among us. I also think um, in the most simplest terms that we as disciples of Jesus Christ are 
trying to listen and learn the teachings of Jesus and to the best of our ability, emulate that. I know with all the stuff that's gone on this season <clears throat> at the end of the year and now with the, um, you know, all the election and political stuff and the just all the un unrest, that's what I keep thinking about is how to react to it in a way that God that is pleasing to God and knowing that I'm not Christ, so I'm not going to be perfect, but um, at the same time, knowing that that is, that is what I'm to do is to look at Jesus' teachings and try to emulate that to all. It's interesting. I hear you talking, Nancy, that God ripped, ripped the heavens open and yet descended as a dove. <laughs> That's what it says, right? Descending like a dove, mm -hmm. you know, so it tore open the heavens uh, with great force and violence so that God might descend like, like a peaceful bird to your point <laughs> and to maybe Ashley's point, um, speaking about what it means to be beloved. So thank you. Yes. Thank you all the imagery, um, in this, in this, uh, scripture is, is, there's lots of it. It's very evident. Um, but we hope you have enjoyed um, your time with us in this discussion and hope you will come back with us next week. But um, before we leave you, we would um, love a time to close in prayer. Um, thank you. Most holy and gracious God, we thank you for moments of pause during our week where we can dive into these holy moments and read your word anew and see the ways that your spirit is moving this word in our community and our lives this week um, as there's so much destruction and chaos and loud noises coming from media and from family members. Um, we are grateful for this moment of pause. Um, God, we ask that you be with all of us and all of our members this week as they continue to discern what it is to, to confess and what it is to know that you, that we are loved and that we are forgiven and that we can continue on the long journey of faith, um, renewing ourselves in discipleship um, and trying our best to, to grow closer to you and to, to learn more and more about, about your son. Um, I thank you for, for this church and for this community and ask that you bless it and that you be with it in the days moving forward as we navigate the wilderness together. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen.